Hello, creeps, and welcome to Creepcast, the podcast all about things, well, creepy. I am your host, Eider. This is our very first episode, and I'm very excited to start this journey with you. Today's episode is about something pretty much everyone's familiar with, and that is the true story of Annabelle the doll. If you don't know who Annabelle is, I'm here to tell you. And if you do know who Annabelle is, then listen along and see how much you actually know. To summarize, Annabelle is a haunted, some would even say cursed, doll that is actually residing in the Warrens Museum. Many of the movies have been made about it and the Warrens, but the movies don't really stick to the truth behind Annabelle. To start off, Annabelle isn't even actually a porcelain doll. It's a Raggedy Ann doll, which is quite fitting since the name the demon gives is Annabelle. The doll was given to a woman named Donna, a 28-year-old nurse, as a birthday present from her mother in 1970. Fun fact, the doll was actually a newer version of the Raggedy Ann doll, since calico dresses didn't predate the 1970s. The doll was purchased from a hobby store, so unless an angry man who helped manufacture the dolls put a curse on it before it was boxed and produced, it couldn't have already been possessed. In in the Annabelle movie, we see members of a satanic cult break into the main character's home, and one of them curses the doll. Then the main characters try to throw away the doll, but none of this ever actually happens. The real owner doesn't actually get rid of the doll until about a year later, but we'll get into that soon. Donna and her roommates, Lou and his fiancée, Angie, did, however, notice some activity pertaining to the doll. At first, they were subtle. The doll would simply shift slightly, but soon it would start moving through different rooms. Donna has seen it sitting on her bed with its legs and arms crossed or standing on its feet against the headboard. They've once found it leaning against a chair and even kneeling beside a chair. If you don't know, the way Raggedy Ann dolls are made would make it impossible to pose the doll kneeling without it falling over, even if it was next to something. Just the way it's stuffed, you know? Like, you couldn't get, like, a stuffed bear to just stand on its own, or even kneel on its own. It would just fall over from its sheer weight. Donna would also find messages written in pencil on parchment paper. She said the handwriting was childlike, and would say things like, Help me, help us, and sometimes even help Lou, which we'll get into later. What makes this even creepier is that Donna claims that she never owned a parchment paper. At one point, Donna says she found blood on the doll. It was the back of its hand, and there were three drops on its chest as well. After finding the blood, Donna contacted a medium who held a seance. I don't know if you believe in mediums or seances, but I personally do. So it's honestly though, it's kind of crazy that a medium would even hold a seance because they're not really practiced anymore for the most part. Like it's impractical at this point. Anyway, the medium introduced the roommates to a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle. 
who died in the field where their apartment complex now stands. It should be noted that Ed Warren wrote a conflicting version, saying that the little girl was killed in an automobile accident and that she was six, not seven. So this kind of discredits what they found, and that's why I think there's so much controversy that did surround the Annabelle doll and around the Warrens, because there have been other times where they have done um, like things like this before, like the Amityville Horror House, where they've done that stuff and people didn't believe it because there was so much contradiction around it. Anyway, back to the doll. Feeling compassion, they being the roommates, permitted the spirit to take possession of the doll and live with them. And that's when things took a turn for the worse. Lou, uh, one of the roommates, was actually attacked twice by Annabelle. He already had a bad feeling about the doll and tried to convince Donna to get rid of it, but she didn't. The first time Lou was attacked, he was sleeping in his room. Suddenly, he wakes up, unable to move, but he can see Annabelle at his feet. Annabelle glided up his legs and to his chest and then proceeded to strangle him until he passed out. When he woke up, he was convinced it wasn't a dream. Now, before you say anything, it is very possible that he could have just had a night terror. I've had night terrors before, and that's exactly what is described by Lou, is you can't move, you see something, you can't do anything about it. Sometimes they come up to you, sometimes they stay in one place, and then eventually you end up kind of passing out. Um, so it could just be that you know, Lou already had a bad feeling about the doll. He already was scared of it, so he could have just had a night terror. But even if it was just a night terror, that is absolutely terrifying. Imagine just trying to go to sleep and waking up and suddenly you see, like, your Barbie doll above you and trying to strangle you. I think that would be terrifying. The second time Lou was attacked, however, was not a night terror or possible night terror. This happened, like actually happened. He was attacked going over maps with his fiance in preparation for a trip he was going on. I don't know if they were both going on this trip or if it was just going to be just Lou, but they were going over the maps together. So while they're going over the maps, they could hear sounds coming from Donna's room where the doll was kept, so Lou decided to go check it out. And first of all, if you hear weird sounds coming from someone's room, maybe don't just open the door and waltz in. I mean, because that's what Lou pretty much does. I don't think Donna was home. It doesn't specify. But if she was, I imagine, like, Knocking on the door, if you don't hear anything, just don't do anything, really. Because, I mean, honestly, like, Donna either was home, or she wasn't home. And either way, he probably shouldn't have gone in that room, even if he did hear something. 
Unless maybe he was thinking like, there was an intruder in there, but doubt it because they were in an apartment. I don't know if there's windows in her room, but still. Um, Lou goes to her room and opens the door to find Annabelle lying on the floor. He approaches the doll and he gets the sensation that someone is behind him. So he turns around and sees nothing. Immediately after turning around, Lou doubles over in pain and starts grabbing his chest, which was bleeding. Upon inspection, he found seven claw-like marks on his chest, four horizontal, three vertical, and they were hot like burns. The marks healed and disappeared within the span of two days, but this event is what made Donna finally try to figure out what the hell was going on with this doll. So, okay, finally. Finally, after like a year, she decides, okay, we're gonna actually do something about this doll. Like, this girl found blood on the doll. You would think she would have, like, gotten rid of it at this point. She is also a grown woman. Well, then again, my grandmother also owned Annabelle dolls, but that's not the point. Things have been going on with this doll. Even if it was, like, an actual, like, little girl spirit, which it definitely wasn't. I wouldn't have kept the doll. I probably would have tried getting rid of it. But, you know, I guess they were a little compassionate and wanted to keep the doll just for the little girl. But that's just, you know, my own opinion is I would not have kept that doll. I would have let the medium take it or I would have donated it so that someone else would have to deal with that. But I am not Donna, and Donna's not me. So Donna, she contacts uh, this priest, Father Heaton, who contacted a superior, Father Cook. And Father Cook ended up contacting Ed and Lorraine Warren to help investigate what's going on with the doll. The Warrens had to convince Father Cook to perform an exorcism on the house when they arrived. Because I guess they really thought that it was the apartment complex or the just the apartment itself was what was haunted and not actually Annabelle. So they have to convince Father Cook to perform an exorcism if you don't know in Catholicism. You have to actually be in the Catholic Church in order to get an exorcism. And the Warrens, they are a part of the Catholic Church, but I don't think the roommates were. I don't think Donna or Lou or Aggie, I don't think any of them, were a part of the Catholic Church. So that's why it took a lot of convincing to get an exorcism, even if it is just on the house. But he eventually did oblige, and he even blessed the roommates as out of protection, and Ed and Lorraine took the doll. They took it with them. Um, As they were leaving with the doll, Ed actually told Lorraine that they're not going to go on the highway, that it was going to be a bumpy ride, and they were correct. They actually had to sprinkle holy water on the doll, just to calm it down. So it's probably a good thing that they didn't take the highways because they absolutely 
would have died if they took any of the highways. The doll now resides in the Warrens Museum, but there's one more thing. Ed claims that the doll did, in fact, kill someone. But who? It wasn't any of the roommates. It definitely wasn't Lou. Lou was still alive. Though, he was injured by the doll twice. He was not the one to be killed. It was actually a young man and his girlfriend who rode to the Warrens Museum on his motorcycle. Doesn't give the name of this young man, um, so we'll just call him Ted. So, Ted started taunting the Annabelle doll because um, he wanted a, a tour of the museum just to do this taunt Annabelle and he was asking it to do its worst and referred to what it did to Lou trying to get it to I guess he wanted to see if it was real see if Ed was lying or I don't know what his intentions were but Ed eventually had to kick the couple out of the museum and three hours later Ted lost control of his bike, and crashed into a tree, resulting in his death. His girlfriend lived, but stayed in the hospital for at least a year. And that must have really sucked, especially for the girlfriend. I can't even really imagine, like, going to this haunted place, and then your significant other dies in this motor vehicle accident and you are stuck in the hospital for a year just trying to recover i don't know if she went into a coma or why she was in there for a year it could also have been like mental health issues that kept her in the hospital but again it, it the articles that i went over did not say why she was in the hospital for so long um Ed did try to warn them, um, but th that's not to say that they deserved it, because they definitely didn't. Um, but, you know, Ed says that it's not a little girl's spirit possessing the doll, as human spirits can't do that. In his own beliefs, he believes that God does not permit human spirits to possess inanimate objects, um, but it was in fact, to Ed, it was in fact a demon pretending to be this little girl. Because it is true that a little girl died on the property that the apartment is now standing on, um, but the spirit was not a little girl that was taking over Annabelle, it was just a demon pretending to be that little girl. Um, it seems to be unknown how or when the demon appeared, but it was probably just lying in wait for the perfect moment to take possession of someone. Unfortunately for it, it remains attached to the Raggedy Ann doll, trapped in the Warrens Museum. You can still go visit the doll as well as the other trinkets the Warrens have collected over the years, but it's highly advised that you don't try to taunt the demon, because you could 
suffer the same fate as that poor man and his girlfriend. What do you think about the demon? Because I've always wondered how that stuff works. Because you see in other, like, um, in, like, movies and stuff that demons don't need permission. In fact, in the movie, the newest Conjuring movie, um, The Devil Made Me Do It, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but the little boy gets possessed by a demon. And from what we know from the other Conjuring movies, it needs permission to possess a person. And also from other paranormal movies, we see that demons need permission to possess a person. And even in The Devil's Advocate, um, the main guy tells the demon to possess his body so that the little boy could continue living a normal life. So do demons need permission to enter a body? Or can they just do it? Does it depend on their power? If they have, like, power levels? Is that... Because it was obvious that, you know, this particular demon was trying to possess Donna or Lou or Aggie, any of them, and chose to do it by pretending to be this little girl's spirit and possessing the doll. Or possessing, I say in quotes. But, um, so it tries to possess Donna, but Donna, of course never gives the demon permission to possess her. It gives it permission to use the doll as a conduit. So why did the demon do that? Why did it choose this conduit instead of trying to convince Donna to let it into her body or any of the other um, roommates? It could have been more like it wanted to possess any of them. Um, and it could have been that it would continue attacking Lou, maybe even possessing him without permission -ish? I don't know, and to possess Donna. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff works, and I wish that I could talk to Ed and Lorraine Warren about this stuff. Unfortunately, they have already passed, I wish I could talk to the daughter as well. Um, she isn't passed, but it's not, like, the same as getting the source from the actual people who lived through it. Because I don't think their daughter has really ever had, like, the ability to also live through these events that they have. But I guess we'll never know how any of that works until maybe we die who knows how that works but that's the end of the episode i was trying to make this as long as possible because i wanted it to at least reach the 20 minute mark and then it's like a normal like channel episode um if you enjoyed the episode leave a rating and a review also check out the instagram 
and the Twitter for updates on new episodes. The Instagram is at creep underscore underscore cast, all lowercase. And the Twitter is at creeps was taken, all lowercase, no underscores, all one word. Um, yeah. Thank you again for listening. I know that this episode was probably really hard to listen to because it's the first one. But I am going to get better at this podcasting stuff. And hopefully I'll get better recording equipment and a better computer so I can upload all this stuff. You should be able to listen to this pretty much anywhere. Particularly Spotify, I'm pretty sure. Um, But yeah. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a great day with no possessed dolls. Stay creepy, casters.